When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are doing 2022 Jets offseason roundtables. And we've got a first-time guest. Never been on the show before. That is indeed what first-time guest means. Happy to have him on. I like the cut of his jib. We were talking before we started recording. And I think we have a lot in common. And I'm curious to see if we have a lot in common about what the Jets are going to do this offseason. So, brought him on to talk about it. Justin Freed, who is the editor of the Jet Press. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Going on, Scott, man. I appreciate you having me on. Live from Germany, by the way. I didn't know that until you told me, but that's awesome. The thing that's bad for you is, though, you said you don't like beer or sausages, which is what Germany is known for. So, I hope you're at least enjoying those Bavarian pretzels. I, I do like the pretzels. I, I do feel a little misfit here in Germany. It is, uh, as of the time recording, uh, 4 a.m., although luckily I'm on East Coast time, as I was telling you before. So it's it's like 10 p.m. for me in mentally, but my wife's upstairs sleeping. It's, it's 4 a.m. But uh, yeah, no, it's beer. Not not my thing, but uh, you know, it's, I, I'll have a, an occasional sausage from time to time, only because I'm in Germany. But it's, it's, I, feel, I definitely feel out of place here. With the way the Jets have been playing, I would think that beer would go a long way (laughs) watching these games. (laughs) Another four-win season. But it feels a little bit different to most people this time. And I think part of it is because they did a lot in the draft that is in a completely different direction from what you normally expect. Generally, when Mike McCagnin was here, he wasn't drafting impactful offensive players. But right away, year one, you had Zach Wilson, and we'll talk about him in a bit. You had Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter. If nothing else, they all showed you something right away. Tell me about what you thought of the 2021 New York Jets overall. Do you think they're headed in the right direction? I think there was definitely signs of uh, of improvement and reason to be encouraged about the future. Uh, I, I think if you would have told people before the season started that, hey, the Jets are going to win four games this year, most would have been disappointed. Uh, but, you know, given how how hard they were hit with injuries, there was a point, I think, at it's like week, week 16, they were the most injured team in football. Uh, and when you have a team, and uh, others have raised this point as well, but when you have a team that's rebuilding that already, the roster isn't already very good, 
uh, and they get hit by injuries, that's brutal because, you know, you don't have the depth to really to be able to replace that. Um, but I, I think overall, the, the, you know, the Jets are, are heading in the right direction. At least it seems they have the resources. Joe Douglas has kind of set the they've laid the foundation, right? They, they hit on a lot of picks in the 2021 draft, at least how it looks, you know, right now, Zach Wilson, like you said, we'll talk about him. We'll see, we'll see what he becomes. But right now, AVT is looking like a hit. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, they all look like hits. And then you got production from day three guys who are kind of forced to start. So it, it's it's encouraging to see the the direction of the franchise right now. Uh, still a lot of work to get done, but they they have the resources to get there. And there's no reason this team can't be competing for a playoff spot. There's no reason they can't be seven and ten, eight and nine next year uh, if they play their cards right. Legitimately, they can be better than that. Uh, but I think as a, as a bar to set right they need to make the moves this offseason so that they can be competing in december next year right there's no reason they can't be you know seven and nine or seven and ten there's no reason they can't finish that way uh and i think as a as a as a general rule they they seem to be heading in the right direction but you know we'll see there's still a lot of work to be done and that work is going to be done by robert sala and joe douglas primarily let's start with joe douglas where are you at with him because He's been here for two and a half seasons, really, because he came in after the 2019 draft. We all remember that whole mess. And so he's had two full drafts, two full off seasons, and then that half between the end of the draft and the beginning of the regular season on top of the 2019 season. Do you think that he appears to be the real deal as the general manager? I think that he's he's made a lot of moves that would make you think so. Uh, I, I do think that the the first offseason he had, uh, in hindsight, doesn't look very good, right? I mean, the 2020 draft is mostly a miss. You got Bryce Hall in the fifth, which is fantastic. Jury is still out on Mekhi Becton's long-term health, but as a talent, I think we saw in his rookie season that he is the real deal. Uh, other than that, though, Denzel Mims, total miss there. Ashton Davis looks like a miss. The, the rest of that draft, the fourth round, was a mess. Uh, and you know that they, even in the free agency period, other than George Fant, I guess Connor McGovern has also proven to be a, a reliable center, especially this this past season. Uh, but if there was a repeat of that 2020 offseason in 2021, we'd have a very different opinion of Joe Douglas. But I think he did a lot of things right in in this past offseason uh, that kind of have made people believe, especially with the draft. Uh, and I also think some of it extends the free agency. We just we haven't been able to see it, but I love the Carl Lawson signing. Hopefully he can rebound and, and, and come back better than ever this, this season. Um, but I, I think Joe Douglas has done a really good job of gaining or regaining reputation for the organization after all the damage that Mike McCagnan and John Idzik did uh, because this, it was, it was a major rebuild and that's, you know, the Jets gave him a five-year contract because they knew how much work needed to be done. Uh, and I think, we're starting to see the foundation laid. You know, we, we have a, the Jets have a young foundation. They have a, a, some young core players, especially on the offensive side of the ball now, which is something we haven't been able to say for a long time. Uh, and they have the resources to, to get better. And Joe Douglas is the one who acquired those resources. He acquired extra draft capital. He's made a few very, very smart trades that have allowed them to acquire these resources. So he's given it, he, he, everything is at his disposal to, make this organization a competitive one and, and make it a potential playoff team and, and, and beyond that. Right now, I think that the beginning stages have been completed. And I think as a net, uh, as a net, you know, sum of everything he's contributed, it's a positive, but uh, that, that positive could go, you know, could go south really quick. And if the Jets win four games again next year, I, I expect his seat to be hot. 
Uh, and I expect the same potentially be true for Robert Sala. You know, we'll, we'll talk about him in a, in a moment, I'm sure. But uh, this season is, is, is pivotal to see where the Jets go from here, right? They could take that next step or they might not. And if they don't, then a lot of questions would be raised. You talked about Robert Sala, so let's discuss him a little bit. How are you feeling about him and his coaching staff after year one? You like LaFleur? I know he got off to a rough start and a lot of fans were yelling and screaming about him, but that sort of died down toward the end of the season. Jeff Ulbrich, people were talking him up at the beginning and then it went in the reverse direction. Salah himself had his ups and downs. What do you think overall? Yeah, it really was a tale of two halves. Uh, like, like you said, the first half, you know, everyone's praising the defense, praising Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, and, and, you know, half the fan base is screaming for Michael Thor to get fired five games into the season, which was always a wild, a wild take at the time. It's aged even poorly or, you know, more poorly, but, uh, no, I, I think it's impossible not to be encouraged by Michael LaFleur. I, I think that as a first time play caller, first time offensive coordinator, he did a phenomenal job. Uh, it was, you know, towards the point late in the year or even midway towards, you know, to the late letter half of the year that you're just expecting him to, to make good decisions and you're expecting a good offensive game plan. And it has been so long since we've had that with this team. Um, you know, it, it goes beyond just the, the creative game or the creative calls here and there, like the throwback to Braxton Berrios. It, it goes beyond all that stuff. It's just a competent offensive game plan at that, you know, lifts the talent around it. Cause, cause what was he working with? Like he, he had four different quarterbacks play in his system. Uh, you know, the team around him wasn't very good. They had a lot of injuries, a wide receiver and the jets still finished you know, respectable in their offense. I forget. I don't know what their exact rankings were off the top of my head, but it was probably close to the middle of the pack. You know, if, if not, I can't imagine it was worse than, you know, 23rd or whatever. And, and given the talent they had, given how poor Wilson played, at least early in the season, uh, I think that's incredibly encouraging. As for Sala, the jury's still out. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll need to see what that defense looks like. And the same goes for Ulbrich here. We'll, we'll need to see what that defense looks like when people are healthy and when they you know, have an off season, another off season to get more talent in there. You know, there's the parallels have been drawn to Salah's time in San Francisco. And and I, I have firsthand uh, information on this because I covered the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers when Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator there. And I covered him going into that 2019 season. And there was a lot of discussion about if Robert Sala should get fired. Uh, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the, the defense was, was underperforming. The defense wasn't very good. Then they drafted Nick Bosa, and the entire unit got unlocked, right? Eric Armstead had a career year. DeForest Buckner broke out and was, I mean, he was already good, but he became an all-pro. You know, they had, of course, D Ford in there, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. That whole defense was stacked, right? But once they got that talent in there, Robert Sala was able to kind of, you know, he he became the the defensive mastermind that that the Jets knew when when they hired him. So I think... It, it has taken time with Salah in the past to kind of get the right personnel in there. Hopefully he can do that this offseason because uh, if we go through another season with the Jets ranked 32nd in defense, uh, then there's going to be a lot of questions about both Ulbrich and Salah. So we'll see. Year one, uh, it's it's hard to accurately gauge them just because of a lot of the players they were throwing out there weren't very good, a lot of it due to injuries. But um, I think on the offensive side of the ball, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, at least – as, as convinced as I could be after one season that Michael Flores is a good offensive coordinator and should be here, you know, for the long haul, not as convinced about Robert Sala and, uh, and Jeff Ulbrich. But again, it's, it's year one. We'll see what happens next year. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
Justin, let's talk about the players the Jets have that are free agents in-house before we get to what they could do in the draft and in free agency externally. Marcus May coming off that injury. He's a free agent. Braxton Berrios has gotten a lot of chatter. Jamison Crowder is going to be a free agent. One of the best run stuffers in the league, Foley Fadakasi, is a free agent. So there are some players here that the Jets could look to retain or perhaps let go. Tevin Coleman had a unexpectedly productive season for the Jets. Where do you sit on this? Because I don't think there's a lot of guys that the Jets have here that they would plan to keep for the long haul, that they have to go rush out and sign right away. There are a few pieces that they might want to keep, might not want to keep. It's up in the air, but this is what happens when you're a 4-13 team. There's not going to be a ton of guys internally that you're going to want to stick with. Who do you think should stay and who do you think should go? Right. I mean, just, you know, I don't think a lot of them are going to end up staying. Uh, I think a lot of them, you know, some of them were, were one year stop gaps. Like, you know, I mean, LaMarcus Joyner, we, we barely knew him, but uh, I don't <laughs> think he returns. Um, but I think of the, of the ones you've mentioned, Braxton Barrios hopefully has the best chance to return. It'll depend on what his market value is. But, you know, I, I there was a report from U Stadium that the two say the two sides are already engaging in, in discussions on an extension, which that's very promising to hear. Uh, I know Mike LaFleur is a, is a big fan of Braxton Berrios, as is Brant, uh, Brant Boyer. So there will be some support from the coaching staff there. Hopefully that is you know enough to get a deal done, because I think he's a very valuable player to this team, both on special teams and on offense. He's proven that he can have a role on offense. Mike LaFleur was specifically scheming up plays for him later in the year. Uh, I think even if they go out and add another receiver this season, which hopefully they would, he's a rock solid number four. Like he is a very good number four receiver. So I hope they bring him back. Other than that, I think we were safe to say Jameson Crowder is gone. He was a, a very productive receiver for the Jets for the last three years. But, um, you know, his time is his time has come here and I hope he signs with a contender because he's still a good player. Um, Marcus May. I mean, I've been saying for, for, for months, even well before the Achilles injury, I've been saying since January, February, that they wouldn't bring him back. Uh, and I, I still don't think they will. I think there's a better chance now, oddly enough, just because his market value is probably mm-hmm. as, as low as it, as it could have possibly been following that Achilles injury. And if they somehow could reach an agreement on a team-friendly deal, I think, sure, go for it. But I, I still don't think that happens. I think he plays elsewhere. Um Foley Fadakasi, he's a very good player. He's a very, very good run stopper, but um, I, I don't think he's a great fit in the scheme they run. And you saw that kind of this year. He he took a step back in his production. He just wasn't as effective this season. And it's just there isn't really room for, you know, a a, a, a one you know one tech nose tackle or whatever you want to say one tech zero tech that that Fadakasi is uh, in this defense. And they you know they ask a lot of their defensive tackles. They're they're you know, attacking upfield, and that's never been Fadakasi's strength. So I think, you know, I, I think Fadakasi could get more from a team that probably would want him more. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back. I just, I, I nothing that I that I've seen from the Jets would would make me think that they do want him back. Even though he is a good player, he is a locker room leader. He's a, you know highly respected in that locker room. But I, if I had the bet right now, I don't think they bring him back. Uh, the interesting conversations really to me come with the offensive line. Like, what do they do with Morgan Moses? What do they do with uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif? I, I don't know if, if LDT, I don't even know if he's going to be playing football, right? He said that his his medical career, you know, that that could come into play. Uh, so that's that's something to consider as well. I don't know if he'll be back. I think he did a, a good job holding down the fort and obviously was worth the price the Jets paid to pick him up, uh, you know, worth the, the free price that they paid to pick him up. But, uh, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do with Morgan Moses. That's that's for sure. I, I just said something about it on Twitter today. Um, 
about I don't think that they bring back Morgan Moses. Now, that changes depending on what happens with George Fant. But if I had to guess right now, you know, they have backed into Fant under contract. They could address the position in the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think Morgan, you know, I don't think Morgan Moses comes back. He's, you know, he's 30 years old. Now he's going to have a chance to actually cash in in free agency. He didn't get that opportunity last year because of when he was released. I think he's going to be looking for starter money. And I don't think the Jets are going to want to pay that to him. Right now he, he's making $3.6 million this year. I don't think they want to pay that much more for him. Uh, and I'd imagine some team would be willing to pay him more. So I, I don't think Morgan Moses comes back for that reason. Really the only one, you know, I, I think they bring back Barrios. I, I think there's a chance they bring back Tyler Croft as a, you know, tight end two, tight end three. Um, you know, I, I know the health is a big concern with him as it has been throughout his career, but I, I think that's a possibility. Uh, and then, you know, Mike White, they're going to bring back Mike White. You know, he's a restricted free agent. Uh, I'd imagine they, they're, they're going to re-sign him. Uh, Tevin Coleman, maybe. You know, maybe I, I, he was definitely a surprise this year. Um, it'll depend on what they what direction they want to take with their backfield. If they if they plan to draft another guy, you know, and I, I think they very well might. Uh, I don't know if you need a Tevin Coleman, right? Because, you know, unless they're completely out on Ty Johnson, uh, which they might be. It was a healthy scratch at a point, I believe, during, you know, later in the year. But uh, you'd have Michael Carter, potentially a rookie, Ty Johnson, Austin Walter could even figure in. You don't need Tevin Coleman. But if he's willing to come back for a million or whatever it is, you know, whatever his salary is this year, you can consider it. But other than that, I think, you know, there's not too many guys like I'm looking at the list right now. There's not too many guys that expect to be back. I mean, I'd expect the restricted free agents like Kyle Phillips. He'll be back. Um, But in terms of the UFAs, not much, really. You know, they're not going to bring back Jared Davis. Dan Feeney, maybe, you know, maybe because they like his versatility. Um, Nathan Shepard won't be back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But of the list. To answer it concisely, I think Braxton Berrios is a good chance to be back. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I'm not confident saying anyone else will will return. Let's talk about external free agency. Let's use the yes. caveat here that, of course, has to be put out there, which is the fact that many of the names we will discuss will likely either re-sign with the team that they're with before free agency or they will get franchise tags so they won't be on the market. We see this happen every year. We get our hopes up for certain players and then they don't hit the free agent market. But for now, let's work off of the list that we have. Who do you like here? What would your strategy be in terms of which types of players to target? And do you have any specific players that the Jets should go after? I think it's very likely that we see the Jets uh, attack the safety market specifically. Uh, you know, they, they realistically, assuming May doesn't come back, they're realistically going to be needing two safeties, uh, two starting safeties, which, you know, you have to sign at least one in free agency. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, go for the top guys. If Marcus Williams hits, hits the market, which I have, I have a feeling that he might, like there's a good chance he might. He's a very, very good player. The Saints love him, but they have – negative 60 million in cap space going into the year they are in cap hell uh and so you know even if they wanted to tag him again he was tagged this past offseason so tagging him again would be very expensive so i know they don't want to let him walk they also have teron armstead that they probably will let walk over marcus williams if it came down to those two but if marcus williams hits the market i think he would be an absolutely perfect signing uh that that fills any kind of role that marcus may was filling that's your that's your free safety right there he is a fantastic player, one of the best safeties in football. If not him, uh, if Jesse Bates can can sneak free, you know, I'm not sure he will. But uh, I think I'm, I'm more confident that Marcus Williams does. I think it's much more likely that Bates gets franchise tag. Uh, but that's another guy. You know that I think that that safety market. You need to come away with at least one starter. Um, 
other than that, they, they absolutely could look for, you know, a linebacker. Um, I think that's one of the underrated needs right now with this team is, is linebacker. CJ Mosley was fine this season. I think his value is more as a, as an on-field and off-field leader than it is with his performance on the field. Now that, that said, you know, I, I, coming back after missing two years is it's difficult. And I think he played well given the circumstances, but they definitely need an upgrade there. If you know, you can't go in the next year with CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams as your, as your two linebackers and nothing else, you know, around them. Uh, so they could, you know, they can go after a linebacker. I know Devondre Campbell is set to be a free agent. I'm not sure he'll, he'll actually sneak free, but he's coming off a career year, probably going to pay decent money to get him, but that's someone, uh, you know, if they wanted to go for, you know, an offensive lineman, I, I Brandon Scherf, it seems like he's actually going to hit the market this time. And it's been a thing the last few years where Washington kept keeping him. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of a fit he is for the Jets, specifically just because Joe Douglas really values uh, uh, durability. And I think after seeing his last draft class, or his last free agent class get absolutely decimated by injuries, like, you know, Carl Lawson, Corey Davis, Jared Davis, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, Vinnie Curry, like everyone, everyone he signed got hurt. Uh, I'm not sure he'd be willing to take a chance and pay top dollar for, you know, Brandon Scherf, who's, who's had injury issues in his career. But, you know, the Jets need a starting guard. They need a right guard. And, you know, and I assume they don't bring back LDT. You need to find that player. And, and free agency is probably the easiest way to do it, unless you're planning to draft one. Um, I'm not sure where you draft one, unless your plan is to move Evan Neal to right guard or something, right? Um so I think they could absolutely go offensive line as well. They could go for wide receiver. Another one, tight end. I can't believe I didn't mention tight end. Um, tight end is absolutely a position that I expect them to target in, in free agency. If I had to bet right now, I think they, the two positions they target the most in free agency are safety and tight end, at least in terms of like going for the upper echelon of, of free agents at those positions because they have absolutely nothing there. Justin, what about the draft? Any specific positions you would like to see them target? Obviously, this is going to be changed depending on what they fill in free agency. But as of this moment, what do you like in terms of not just the number four and number 10 picks in the draft, but the other copious amounts of draft picks that they have? They've got two second rounders, a third, two fourths, two fifths. So plenty of ammo here. Anybody specifically that you like in any positions that you would target heavily? First of all, copious, great word, great word choice. Uh, (laughs) um, But no, you know, there's with this roster, they could realistically, especially early in the draft, there are so many different options they can they can go. There's so many routes they can go because there's just a lot of, you know, they they can upgrade in a lot of positions, right? There may not be a hole at every position, but they can upgrade at virtually every position. The only positions I don't expect them to target would be like quarterback, right? They're not going to draft a quarterback unless we have another James Morgan situation, mm-hmm. which I pray we don't. Um, you know, they're not going to draft. They're not going to draft the quarterback. But other than that, really every position is is open, even interior defensive line. Like don't don't count out them drafting a defensive tackle on day two or day three, just because you know that's the this is Robert Sala, right? He loves his defensive line. He loves having a deep defensive line. But in terms of specific prospects. I mean, you know, a guy everyone has going to the Jets right now, we like George Karloftis, right? That's that's a realistic target. I'm not sure the Jets stay it for. I think there's a decent chance they could they could trade down. Um, you know, if assuming that they don't get either, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson, because, uh, you know, I assume that they're going to go earlier than that. But, you know, again, it's, it's still January. It's hard to tell. Like, there's every chance that, uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's stock could completely plummet, right? And he might not even be a top five pick by the time April comes, right? There's a lot that can change. But just assuming that right now, um, you know, George Karloftis makes sense. Evan Neal's at that spot. 
you have the top. This is a very, very good cornerback class, of course. Derek Stingley, Andrew Booth, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, Kyer Elam. There's there are so many good options. Trent McDuffie. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they come away with one of those cornerbacks. You know, they could always, you know, wait till day two for that, too. They have two very high second round picks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they package one of those to, to or maybe both to move back into the first round, too. Uh, you know, the good thing is that Joe Douglas has given the Jets so much draft flexibility that any prospect that they really want, you know, they, they even they realistically can get they realistically can even trade up to one or two if they really wanted Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, and and at least if Jacksonville or, or you know, if, if they were willing to, to move back, which, you know, it's, this isn't like a can't miss like Trevor Lawrence draft like there's there's every reason that the Jaguars would be willing to tr- trade back for the re- right offer. Uh, you know, this, I think it was, it was Connor Rogers and Joe, Joe, they were talking about it on Badlands recently about, you know, the Jets can potentially trade up to, to one or two if they really wanted to. Um, so they have that flexibility to really just go after whoever they want. So the next few months uh, are going to be crucial, you know, in that, in that scouting phase and the, the senior bowl, that's an awesome opportunity for them uh, of the guys there. You know, I, I'd love to see them come away with one of those tight ends, maybe in, in on day two. I, I love personally love Jeremy Ruckert. Played against him in high school. That's a fun story. Went to Lindenhurst. We beat him in the uh, the the Suffolk Championship. So that's <laughs> I, I hope he remembers that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Jeremy Ruckert, great great player from Ohio State. You got Trey McBride from Colorado State. Those are two very very good players that I I would be you know surprised the Jets weren't at least interested in. Uh, you know, there's a few guys at that senior bowl. Isaiah Likely, Cole Turner, Jake Ferguson, Charlie Kolar. There's a bunch. Um, and I'd love to see them come away with one of those guys. But yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting just because they have so much flexibility. It's so hard to predict. We'll probably have a clearer picture after free agency. But even still, there's just so many options. You know, it's 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 very difficult to predict this year. You just said Charlie Kohler, who is one of my favorite under the radar prospects. I think he could be mm-hmm. a really nice selection maybe late fourth, early fifth round. I'm thinking if he's there in the fifth, that might be a nice one, even if they pick a tight end earlier because I'm a huge Trey McBride fan. By the way, go check out our Trey McBride video courtesy of the Thunder from down under Luke Grant on our YouTube channel. Talk a little bit more about that in a second. But first, I want to thank Justin Freed for coming on. Justin, really appreciate it. For those that want to read your work and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Free. That's my personal account. I will I will tweet from there sometimes, but I also tweet from at, you know, the, the Jet Press account. Uh, that is me. There is a real person tweeting that. It's not some <laughs> some corporate machine. It is it is all me. Uh, so if you if you like some, some of the tweets on uh, the Jet Press, maybe go and check me out on at Justin T. Free as well. I'll tweet about the Jets, sometimes a little pro wrestling, sometimes nothing. Sometimes I won't tweet anything. Uh, but you can follow me there as well. Uh, if you want to check out our work, you know, the jetpress.com, we got some decent stuff. You know, we do a, a weekly mock draft and, uh, you know, some other cool stuff coming up because the off season, you know, this is, this is our season. This is, this is the season for Jets fans, the off season. So yeah. Let's hope that we stop looking at the off season as the quote unquote fun part pretty soon. Cause I would like to <laughs> be watching meaningful football games this time of year involving the Jets. But in the meantime, while we wait for that to happen, check out everything Justin is doing over at the Jet Press. Follow him on Twitter at the Jet Press and at Justin T. Freed. 
Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Like I said before, the Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some great videos up there. One of Trey McBride, who Justin mentioned before, the Colorado State tight end. I am a huge fan of his. Really hope that the Jets get him in the second round with one of those picks that they have. I think he'd be a perfect fit for this offense. Luke breaks down why he thinks I'm correct in that assessment. Plus, he's got videos up of Elijah Vera Tucker, Zach Wilson. So watch all the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. The Play Like a Jet store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.